eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back, and I mean back, for another edition of Six Rings and Football Things. I'm Andy Hart. You may not have heard my voice for a while. I had not heard the voices. You will hear next to me Chris Scheim and Nick Fitzy Stevens. I had a couple weeks of absolute glory going nowhere. Ugh. And just drinking Miller Lite, riding a boat, eating stuffed quahogs and chowder, sitting by the fire, watching fireworks. I mean, the most stressful thing I did in the past 15 days were the two things. Driving two lacrosse tournaments to begin and end the two weeks and put on sunscreen. Other than that, it was an absolute fun fest. But I am more than happy to come back and yeah, join this fun in, fest. Andy. I was well, going to say, this absolute <laughs> humble brag tour, like I can like, just hear the sound doing? of people unsubscribing as you continue to <laughs> boast about your time off. Actually, Good you know what the Lord most stressful... God. Meanwhile, the rest of us, I'll tell you what the most stressful part was, me and Shime keeping this big bad boy that has been recently rebranded afloat during your sojourn, if not flat out sabbatical, Let's while you were... <laughs> fatifying yourself we did a great job damn right Four solid pods including last week's i'll take uh, your word chat chat about matt light uh chat with matt light and the offensive line with the positional breakdowns continued leaving us with just two final positional breakdown pods here on the at six rings pod andy uh the next episode will have linebackers but today i think we're going to break down the position we've actually talked about the most with actually without actually officially talking about right. it Yes, the uh, and arguably, and we can get into this, maybe the biggest question mark on the roster, the cornerback position. Yeah, I don't think that's arguable. Where within a year or so, they've gone from potentially one of the top handful of cornerback tandems in the National Football League, a defensive player of the year and Stephon Gilmore, first cornerback in a quarter century to win that award, and a rising star in J.C. Jackson are gone. They are now known as the competition in the AFC Not with great. Gilmore landing in Indy and J.C. Jackson getting his bag out with the Chargers mm-hmm. where he uh, is going to live the good life, playing behind a good pass rush with a great offense in L.A. And I, in front of Derwin James. I mean, I don't know how life could be, get much better Kenneth Murray, Jackson. Asante Samuel Jr. Like, it, don't unreal. sleep on, do not sleep on the Los Diego Chargers overall, let alone 
as a defense in what Shime and I branded whilst you were gone. A lot of branding. Uh, living like the bloated corpse of Andy Hart. Uh, the must-watch channel. We need the. We've decided that the Red Zone channel, Andy, needs an AFC West only spinoff where you just get AFC West highlights all the time because that conference, or rather that division, is going to go hard. Yeah, I, I love that team. I love everything about that team except for the fact that everyone loves that team. And to me, that scares me. The coach and everyone loving that team makes me think might be a little. The coach right. is a fourth down going for it boob at times and a bit of a. Seemingly pseudo intellect boob, uh, and the quarterback needs to prove that he can get to the postseason. You know the yeah. the time for young year. and good is gone. Now he needs to get in the postseason and make some noise. Uh, but we're not talking about the Chargers. We're talking about the New England Patriots. We're not talking about a team that's loaded with talent. Sorry. Instead, we're talking about the New England Patriots cornerback position, where your returning starter is a guy that I don't think anyone really wanted to start a year ago in Jalen Mills. He's got the green hair. He's a very nice, likable, versatile defensive back. Seems like a great the guy. The green goblin who, by the way, uh, everyone went nuts. And by everyone going nuts, I mean we were so desperate for content. People were literally blogging about a seven-second video of Jalen Mills running on a treadmill with Jamar Chase and Leonard Fournette while you were vacationing. Woo. I'd like to yeah. have Jamar Chase. Anyway, uh, but Jalen Mills is your stability, I guess I'd say, at the position. He is healthy, he is returning, he started, and then everything else, everything else is kind of question marks. And Jonathan Jones is coming off an injury. I think people have a lot of faith in him. I know Brian, uh, Steve Belichick has called him one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Steve Belichick also getting some time off of late, as I noticed through uh, Patrick Chung's Instagram account. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I saw from Jenny B's IG that they were getting a little Nantucket in before they come back and tuck it to the rest of the league. See what I did there, bro? It's right. a little too far to bring down a notch. <laughs> Positivity no, is already I, Andy, overwhelming. Bad, bad news for you, good news for the pod, or maybe it's the opposite. I have gone full Pats positive in your absence. See, you taking the kryptonite of negativity away for just a little while allowed me to flourish or blossom back into the Foxborough fanboy that you I mean am You mean objectivity? You mean truth and honesty? Shh, shh, shh. You mean actually looking at things as they are and not I've through those I've experienced a lot of none of glasses. <laughs> so let's just talk about it. The other starting cornerback, Jonathan Jones in the slot, he's healthy. I think we're going to assume he's going to be okay, holding it down. Malcolm Butler, old friend, old foe, Super Bowl hero, Super Bowl controversy, comes out of retirement, 32 years old. He looks good in a shirt right now. He's pretty ripped. And I will say, in the spring, when I was down there, he looked pretty competitive. He did not look like a... The famous example I would give you is when John Lynch arrived. John Lynch oh, arrived boy. in the New England defensive backfield, and I said, this guy's toast. This, yeah. Like, you just he saw, cut. he basically had a, the football version of taking the field with a walker. Oh, like, Jesus. there was nothing Oh, left. my goodness nothing. gracious. He did. And, um, taking shots at the Hall of Famer. I was going to say, was. shots fired at a Hall of Famer and an excellent see, general again, manager. Why can't we just call it what it is? If no, I see I a guy sucking on the field, I'm going to say the guy sucked, not that he sucked before I, that. I, I'm just giving you shit. Like, relax. Come on. I'm coming Holy back. Holy smokes. Up. Anyway, Malcolm Butler's back. and uh, Saw this coming a mile away. I guess you have to <laughs> pencil him in as the other starting cornerback. He <laughs> took time off for personal reasons, get his life in order, that whole thing. Now, I will also say the fact that he's 32 is another check mark against him. Oh, absolutely. Cornerback but with a position, year off, though, Andy, but like in be- the best shape that he's been in with a year off, like a little like taking. I'm not saying the tread goes back on the tires, but mm. wouldn't that play in his favor? We'll no. see. We will see because a year off is a year off. And I will also say looking like you're in good shape and being in football competitive shape, being able to cover 
I don't know. I'm going to throw a name out there. Tyreek Hill in the division. <laughs> right? Mm. Like, there's a difference between running in your cul-de-sac uh, so I can Diggs. see it. Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Davis. Garrett uh, Wilson. Elijah Moore. Yeah, endless receivers that he's yeah. going to have to deal with on some level is, is a concern. And then the guy that everybody's getting all jazzed up about, I would say the most excitement at the cornerback position, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, is Jack Jones, based solely on... Shorts and T-shirts, spring work. He looked competitive. Ooh, this guy can play. Well, that and the unknown of it, right? Is It's like yes. you've never actually seen him in an NFL game. Right. He's a rookie. Oh, there's so much potential he here. He went it to looks... USC. At one point, he was one of the best prospects in the he's country. He's got all the physical traits. Yeah, yeah so and you, like you read last year, like he's one of the top-graded PFF cornerbacks in college football, uh, one of the maybe the best in the Pac-12 last year. And you were the one who came in, Andy, uh, I conference formerly known as the Pac-12. Yeah, real, real conference formerly known, now known as the Pac-4 or the Pac-6 or yeah. six-pack. The, honestly, nine. why not just keep it the six-pack and then everyone be like, that's the coolest division name I've ever heard. Sponsored but, by exactly. <laughs> Hopefully who sponsors us, Miller Light. But like you, you even mentioned that you, Tom Curran, many other people, I wrote about it on EEI.com, that there was like this buzz building about the fact that Jack Jones looked like Let's not go. Let's not put the cart before the proverbial corner horse and say that here's your J.C. Jackson, val, you know, deep value replacement. But that this kid is tough. That this kid has some compete and looks looks the part of like a competent co- outside corner. Now he's undersized. He's skinny. Yep. He talked about it. They've already talked about adding weight. Now he threw out the I'm a sucker for this line every time one of these little guys says it. You know, I, I may not be big, but I try to play big. Sucker for that. Love that. Yeah, of course you do. Love it. Hardo comment. Now, right up your alley. Yeah. Now, if it doesn't work out, I'll mock it later. It's just what I do. Um, but I do think a little too much expectation is being put on him right now. Mm-hmm. Next in line t- for me in terms of expectation should be, not saying is, but should be Sean Wade. The guy they traded for a year mm. ago, didn't play at all, had the head injury, like never turned into anything, was traded by the Ravens, a pretty good organization, right out the gates. So they lost interest in him for whatever reason. A guy that once upon a time was supposed to be a first-round prospect as a maybe elite, quote-unquote, slot corner. This whole Sean Wade thing I find confounding. I, I well, I think that's the case with a lot of the, just the Patriot cornerback position in general is just a bunch of question marks. Yes. Whether it's due to age or they didn't play last year or being rookies or having not played and just been in the league. Everything, it seems to me, is just like a massive question mark. And then you have Terrence Mitchell is the one known commodity and he's like your third corner. Journeyman. He's like a right. journeyman. Like he'll be solid. Like but if you pair him up against Tyreek Hill, low get ceiling kind of guy. Yes. Yeah. About so, the Sean Wade thing, it's funny because I I wondered last year when he had his tires pumped. I, I thought he would have been a good like late value pick for the Patriots when I was doing the Armchair GM series for WEI. Maybe like a late uh, sixth five six round flyer. Obviously, his stock fell tremendously after he played a little bit banged up and he got cooked in the national championship. Then his tires get pumped in training camp for the Ravens. But if he looks so good and this could be such a value pick, why were they willing to move on from him for just a fifth round pick? And apparently he's great in the slot, which which the Patriots seem to just have in a, you could argue every single cornerback they have is a slot cornerback. There's no big outside guy. And he gets put on the outside in college and he gets roasted. Maybe he was playing a little dinged up. Where would the Patriots use him if he get if he sees any time this year, Andy? Well, uh, based on the spring field, not Rick, the actual spring practice field, 
They uh, they were trying him on the outside at times. It didn't go well. He got toasted. He might have been on the bad end of one of the Trey Nixon bombs, the less competitive of the bombs he caught, the many. Um, and you're right. It, they do have a little bit of a, an abundance, I guess, of slot corners, and that is sort of his scouting report. But somebody's going to have to play on the outside other than just Jalen Mills and Malcolm Butler. Nice. Like, we know – there's virtually no chance you just pin those guys out there and you're done for the year. Nope, these are our guys. They're fine. Ooh. So it's Jonathan Jones. Is mm-hmm. it Sean Wade? You know, can Jones get by with his experience? And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, they're just going to play zone. Okay, that's not the be-all, end-all. You still have to freaking cover even when you're yeah, playing zone. It's like, Just because he's sitting in a zone doesn't make him good either. No. And, and like, nope. zones, I don't know if people recognize this, but Tom Brady made a living of dicing up zones every yes. time he tried to play one against him. Like, because you still have to, I actually think zone is harder, personally. Yeah, absolutely it is, because it's easier for the quarterback. There's, like, there's, as Ty Law, he just wanted to man up with a guy and go with him. Yeah, there's designed mm-hmm. windows in zone coverage. Yes. Like if you And if you find those, then there's literally, you can cover as good as possible, and you're not going to be able to cover the window. And you're being baited. I mean, yes. generally, like, I can remember... 30 years ago at the Division Three level, it was something comes in, something comes out. Like, you got to have a head on a swivel. You got to pick up what they're trying to do to you, not just cover. Or I'd you're much getting rather two just crossers say, coming right at you cover. at the middle linebacker right. position, and you got to decide, okay, do I cover the top or the bottom one? And then the quarterback's just going to so hit the other one. That whole right, so idea now, that the Fitzies of the yep. world, well, it'll just mm-hmm. play zone and everything will be That's fine. That's not going to work. No, no, no. Don't. Works. Don't. Hey, listen, you don't don't throw that smoke my way without it being well warranted. Right, Let Mr. me ask Positivity. a question from, from the back of the Foxborough Fanboy Gallery. Yep. Do we believe the Patriots potentially, if not almost certainly, making their way to more zone coverage this year, cover two, cover three, what have you, cover, we'll call it whatever you want. Is this to keep up with the flourishing, uh, you know, of pass heavy crosser route offenses that you're seeing from Buffalo, from Miami, from all over the conference? Is it because they trust the safeties more? Is it because they're desperate at cornerback or most likely a combo of all? Well, it's weird because so the evolution of the rest of the NFL, when you look outside of New England, the rest of the NFL has adopted a lot more of those too high, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's the too high safety because that's how you stop the explosive plays. It's how you stop Jamar Chase from getting a 60-yard touchdown every game. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a lot of too high, but then... There's some people want to play zone underneath. A lot of people, some people want to play man underneath. It, it kind of depends how you want to do it. Most of the time, it's it's that deep zone where it's like, all right, check down all you want, and we're just gonna rally up and tackle you. It's right. kind of what the Eagles have lived on. That's what Brandon Staley wants to do with the Chargers. It's what Vic Fangio has more or less mastered compared to everybody else. Um, so, if the Patriots are going for that, great. But at the same time, like. You have to have guys that can rally up and tackle, A. And B, again, as Andy pointed out, you still have to cover those zones. Correct. You can't just sit there and be like, I'm standing here. Here's no, he's not going to throw the football my way. And I understand yeah, there's not some all sit back. It's read and react. There's something to be said for not allowing Tyreek Hill or Waddle or any yep. of these guys to go chase to go 60. But, but if Waddle's they go the perfect 15 example. four times, it still loses. But Waddle's uh, and if also we've the seen perfect from example Kill. of getting a ball that's yeah. four yards off the line of scrimmage right. and turning it so, into twenty. Uh, turning it into twenty. Look at the Tyreek. Look at like you know Tyreek Hill and whether or not he's still maximum Tyreek Hill. I'm I'm pretty sh- damn sure he's still the fastest guy in the NFL with the ball in his hands. They find ways even when you try to cover for this and think you have flooded the zone with available tacklers or warm football bodies, they can still find ways to hit cracks and seams and take seven into 70 for seven points. And especially when you don't have a lot of great athletes on the field. I'm sorry, 
But Malcolm Butler at this point in his career is not a great athlete. You're 30. You were never really a great athlete. That's part of the reason you were where you were coming into the NFL. Well, he also no, made his a, he also yeah. made his hay playing man. Right. And like, that's the other Malcolm thing Malcolm Butler I would say. is not known to be a zone corner. If He's you, a man corner. Two of your cornerbacks that we're promoting as top 3 to 4 corners, Jonathan Jones and Malcolm Butler, have been at their at their best with the Patriots playing man. And not even and not even just the corners. Bill Belichick when oh, he coaches a, defense, 100%. has always been, I'm going to man up and play defense. 100%. It's, he's never been a But he's also defender. always had a number one corner, and he no longer has a number one Very corner true. or anything yep. near it. Now, I will say the one thing I'm intrigued by, we should mention a couple others, uh, Marcus Jones, the returner slash cornerback, coming off multiple shoulder. corner, probably. Uh, coming off multiple <laughs> shoulder surgeries. I so don't think we see much of him at corner him, this year. Him is, and then, you know, Justin Bethel, special teamer. Mm, yeah. We need to mention Jawan Williams, because Jawan Williams is still on the roster as a failed second-round pick, a bigger That's... corner slash safety. Who is... Razai Dowling Part 2 Electric Boogaloo will be packing up his bag pretty soon. Well, I would argue, though, much worse because Razai <laughs> Dowling dealt with injuries. Jawan Williams just sucks. Yeah. I mean, when he got so is this du- the, the scorched, the, Andy, the burnt no, shadow the burnt shadow of Jawan Williams that was left in the end zone at Highmark Field or New Era Field <laughs> in that playoff debacle still exists. This. Like they've had to try to paint it out of there. Yeah, like he, he was just embarrassed in that playoff game, if anybody was. And I feel bad for you know saying he sucks, but he's been so disappointed. He's a nice guy. He seems like a smart yeah. guy. Size, athleticism, mm-hmm. just can't do the job that's required of him in the National that's, Football League. So, uh, can we all agree that this is? I mean, I guess we'll get to linebacker later in the week, and we can debate which sucks more and which is less. No, you know. this is number. This is absolutely number one of the eleven positional groups in terms of concern. Andy, a hundred percent. Kyrie Thompson did something uh, a little less than two weeks ago, ranking all the positional groupings on the Patriots from yep. one to eleven. So uh, this one did go to eleven. It was cornerbacks. Uh, also, it was the lead when I pinch it for you. Uh, for the third and final time on the Sunday 7 this week, it was all about the growing noise of people that continue to say from Tommy Curran to ESPN and Pro Football Focus and beyond, people saying that easily the Patriots' most concerning positional group is corners. And when Shime and I filled in, Shime filled in wonderfully for you on a Saturday week and a half ago on our show, Andy. Great job, great show. It was a good show. Thank you. Thanks to Kevin Durant for a lot of good fire that day. We had a great time. Shime was the first around town, at least, to posit that if anything holds back Mac Jones's development or the offense's development this year, it won't be Mac Jones. It probably won't even be the sort of cadre or the bizarre triumvirate of play callers and quarterback whispers. It'll likely be this defense led by this uh, substandard cornerback squad. And I think you could even make the argument probably that the linebackers are worse than this, but because of the value that cornerbacks and and defensive backs have, I I think that this is easily the most concerning. That was my point, is I actually think cornerback has more talent, but the nature of the beast that is the position in the NFL— It doesn't match up. It it doesn't match up. It's going to get exposed. It'll be more of sort of a talking point on the airwaves on these podcasts. So that's going to wrap up the cornerback position discussion, all that positivity that Fitzy promised. <laughs> Not sure I got <laughs> any of it. <laughs> he didn't even give me like a, ah, oh, they're going to trade for Aqib Talib or you something didn't like even, that. You're wrapping up the segment before I even had a chance to like wonder aloud. We're 15 if any, minutes in. That's okay. Sometimes we go long. and we too long. We let the editor work, God, his, the work his magic. Don't worry about it, Andy. We figured it out while you were gone. We'll continue to figure it out together. The question is, 
Going back to you pointing out that Bill Belichick always seems to operate best as a defensive play caller, signal caller, a guru, genius, etc. If having a number one cornerback is a priority and we don't see one anywhere on the horizon and we can only pray that Jack Jones develops into a good cornerback or a decent one this year, is there anybody out there that they could trade for during the offseason? I wanted them to like grab Casey Hayward. He went two for 11 or two for 13 yep. elsewhere. Is there anyone out there they could possibly reach out to uh, as a veteran presence to help this squad, or are they really just going to put it all in the linebackers and safeties and try to hide, if you will, the deficiency at corner all season? I have not seen anyone. I mean, to me, Casey Hayward doesn't even qualify. Like, that's a solid veteran corner, but that's not a number one corner. That's not no. what he's had almost every year in the past when he's tried to build a defense around those types of guys, whether they drafted and developed, whether they – traded for him whether they signed him they've found those guys i don't see one i mean maybe shime you have a name you'd so i'm just i, I just my my first thought was okay let's take a look at you know who's going to be a free agent in 2023 yeah um but again you're going to have to find a team that's not a playoff team right so if if new orleans isn't going to end up being close to playoff it. teams and, and right now they're pretty good. You, you're looking at guys like Marshawn Lattimore, Brand, Bradley like, Roby. Lattimore, like Lattimore has a contract, a but uh, mm -hmm. and then but like again, might be the best corner in football. Baltimore, Marcus Peters is going to be a free agent next year, but they're not going to trade him. They're going to be competing for a playoff spot. So it, it's hard because you have to look through all these different teams. I guess if San if something happens in San Francisco, Trey Lance just stinks. Emmanuel Mosley could be available. Who I mean, he's not all that exciting, but he's probably right. better than what you have. So there's just there's not a ton of great names out there there's all your there's a lot of just veteran guys all the all the good guys are locked up in contracts right, as they hey be. what if yeah. a guy like jeff okuda flames out even worse and i know he had an achilles injury in detroit is that somebody just in case he falls out of favor with the kneecap raiders is that somebody maybe that belichick could uh pull a classic oh, buy low and rehabilitate for more certainly he I, I don't think he would. Yeah, I don't think he would eliminate anybody. But it's, but it's not giving. He's not acquiring the legit number. Like every time he has a number one corner, as soon as they walk in the building, they're your number one corner. Whether it was Talib or Samuel or Ty Law or Darrell Revis or Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, or J.C. Jackson. Gilmore led what to he had J. C. evolved Jackson. to that point right. exactly. And and so every single time when they walked in the building, they were the number one corner. If you trade for Jeff Okuda. He he could end up being that guy, but again, you it's not day one. Yeah, this is our number and one. And I would corner. say if it is that perception, it's simply because you don't have corners. And he used to be a first round pick, that's <laughs> right? It. That's what I mean. Like yeah, he yeah. kind of the the cachet default. is yeah default number one corner. But there are corners that fall out of favor within you know scheme changes, sure. regime coaches, changes. All the yeah, like, what was the I name was of that really corner upset. that fell. The, I was really guy, upset that J they didn't go get James Bradbury. Yep. Right. The the Giants, is that the guy? In, is that the oh the Bradbury was with of, the Giants? Yes, yes and he, he left. Is, he might be one of the most underrated corners in football. Gets cut from the Giants because they're just trying to rebuild and cut money, and he goes and signs like a a nothing deal with the Eagles. And and, and I'm like, well, that's, now have that's, a loaded how, roster. How are you not going after a guy like that and just paying him anything you can to get him on your roster? Because that would have been a legit number one corner, and you could have pointed him and said, okay, this is one of my building blocks on defense. And who's the guy that was in? Jacksonville, and then he was released, uh, or he was. Oh, C.J. Henderson. Yeah, he's not. I mean, like he has some outside of football problems, I think, as yeah. well. And yep. it was the number nine overall pick that just never did anything. So, right. 
But that's what they're going to be on the the lookout for. Yeah. An addition. Because that's the only way they're going to get it. An addition with some baggage. I mean, Tlaib had baggage when he arrived, gun shooting and all these different things. Um, But yeah, there's no question it's a position that lacks a number one starter. It lacks depth, talented depth, proven depth. That could be an issue over the course of the season. And I feel like while we'll be talking offense and Mac a lot, we'll be talking a lot about the cornerback position and maybe per, per t- potential trades and you know trade deadline and pursuit of talent even August, September uh, into October. But that's going to wrap up the second to last, the penultimate. Uh, and unfortunately, we're not ending on high notes here because we finish up the no, cornerback position. And in our next episode, we will talk about the young guns and breakout potential of the linebacker spot. See, but you got that's okay because if we if we if we hit them hard and we come in with lower expectations here, there's nowhere to go but up with corners and linebackers. Andy, see what I'm saying? That mm, is, I, things can always get worse. Sure. Ah, uh, well, considering the day I've had, and look who I'm talking to, I understand. <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Next up for the uh, latest edition of Six Rings Podcast, and that's at Six Rings Pod on Twitter, Six Rings Pod at gmail.com. If you want to join the fun, make fun of me, make fun of Fitzy, yell at Shine for being too negative. Thank you. Whatever it may be, we take all interactions, I believe very much in taking all interactions, whether it's on the text line on the radio or with this show via social media and email. And now we're going to get into my favorite segment, or segments. Yes. Because I have a short attention span. I like to just talk about a lot of various little topics for various reasons. So it's Pat's Paree with Fitzy. That's right, Andy. We have so many different little bits of news, notes, and nuggets from around the wide world of Pat's Nation. Foxborough, Gillette Stadium, one Patriot place, and the National Football League. Literally so much, I almost don't know where to begin. So I'll actually begin here. Coming off of our positional breakdown of the cornerbacks, one would think that given the, shall we say, uh, surface-level dearth of elite cornerback talent, that the Patriots might be getting back into the cornerback market Uh, Next year, perhaps maybe that would even become a point of emphasis, as many of us thought it may have been this past year, where a a potentially elite talent like Kair Elam out of Florida goes first round to the Jetropolitans. Obviously, Sauce Gardner goes very early in the first round to the Jets. Excuse me, he didn't go to the uh, Jetropolitans. He went to Buffalo. Sauce Gardner goes to the Jets, etc. You would think that maybe the Patriots would be a prime candidate to draft a corner in the first round next year. But Matt Miller just recently, whilst you were vacationing, released his too early 2023 first round draft. And at 
Interesting spot. 18th overall, meaning they would be the last team to miss the playoffs in terms of statisticals and ranking and whatnot. Matt Miller has the New England Patriots drafting a wide receiver out of LSU. Does that seem a little crazy that the Patriots would probably want to draft a receiver first overall next year as opposed to a cornerback? Because we all agree wide receiver looks like a room that could go through transition next year, but it's probably a hell of a lot better than the cornerback room. What do you guys think of that? Well, I mean, with the uncertainty of Jacoby Myers, sort of your number one receiver, whether you're going to commit to him, and I think there would be reason for hesitancy to commit to a guy with his skills, his ability, his upside. There's some questions there. And then the Nelson Aguilar, you're moving on from Nelson Aguilar. You're already moving on from Nikhil Harry. Like, yeah, I, I mean, we've talked about it You this still don't know year. what Devontae Parker is even going to be. Mm-hmm. Aging Devontae Parker is not your long-term number one. Correct. So unless Kendrick Bourne has a massive breakout year, I, I still think you're looking to pair somebody up with Mac for the next five, eight, ten years. So I don't think a first-round receiver in this day and age – you know, for the even Bill Belichick, oh, it doesn't draft first round receivers, blah, blah, blah. No, I think that's kind of, as Bill would say, doing business as business is being done. And oh. I know you wanted them to take Jamison Williams this year. And of so course, bad. he goes injured to so the Saints, who may have an absolute powerhouse wide receiver room, depending on how quickly he rehabilitates and hits the field. And what's up with can't guard Mike, Michael Thomas coming back as well. How about this? You mentioned Kendrick Bourne flying right into our next topic here on Pat's Paris on the Six Rings pod. USA Today Football Wire. That's, of course, where our friends over at Patriots Wire are a member of that blogging community. USA Today Football Wire blogs have released their list of the most underrated player on every NFL team. And as it turns out, they have picked at Bourne Poly 11 himself. Kendrick Bourne is the most underrated player on the New England Patriots 2022. To which I ask, gentlemen, is it possible to be the most underrated player on your team when every football blog selects you as the most underrated player on your football team? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that weird thing. I also think it it gets into groupthink when you start talking about the Internet. 100%. Uh, Just real quick, Jamison Williams on the Lions, not the Saints. Lions, excuse me. Thank Um, you. Sorry about that. No, they got Chris Olave down there. Pardon me. I didn't want to get all those. Who has looked awesome, by the way, in uh, in camps. Yes, and that's, you know. So has Devontae Parker. We'll see. Very true. We'll play Fair it point. out when the yeah, and so did, so did John U. Smith last year. And where did that lead, Andy? Here, <laughs> yeah, son of a bitch, brought you back to me. Um, yeah, right I, back to me. I, I like Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see where he goes. The energy, the excitement, his desire to be mm-hmm. something with the Patriots. That whole you know, Bill Belichick and he click, even though they seem to be polar opposite personalities and energies and styles. All of that. I am interested to see where he goes. Now, I still think there are some physical limitations. I still don't think he has elite hands um, that I think will hold him back from becoming truly a star because I am a believer that catching the football is one of the – It is paramount. I know T.O. and there's some guys that have been great without having great hands. When the verb as to what you're supposed to do is in the job title, yeah, Yeah. it's relatively important to receive, yeah. So – I like Kendrick Bourne. I don't love him. Do I ever think Kendrick Bourne's going to be a true number one receiver? No. But do I agree with the assessment that right now he might be the closest thing you have to playmaker? I mean, we started talking about that midway through last year. I know Brian Barrett's big on it. Just get him the damn ball. He needs more opportunities. And I, with this core, I 100% agree with that. I would just long-term like to do better than that. Yeah, I can. I continue to um, to, to believe that Trent Brown is still the most underrated player on this team. Like it's I, Good point. I, I just don't think Good he point. gets quite the respect that 
he has deserved, right? Like it's because he mean, don't play fair. And, and when he, but when he is healthy, he is the best in football. Like he's one of the best la- linemen in football. He's one of the best left tackles in football when he is healthy. Again, when healthy is a massive question. I understand that, but at the same time, if they can keep him on the field, that to me is the most underrated piece of this team. Yeah, there's no doubt. No Wait, doubt can we do about the other that. Part? And, and and Trent Brown. I think I even saw some somewhere, uh, maybe it was even still Patriots Wire, where they named him as the most important move the Patriots made this offseason. Uh, when we were talking about the offensive line uh, in the last episode with Matt Light, Andy, he did approve. Obviously, he's very happy that they took a guard, even though they did create their own need, which we've addressed previously as well on the pod. He did think that Cole Strange was going to add the requisite amount of or missing amount of nasty on the offensive line. Matt Light said they were good last year, not great. Definitely with room to improve. And also, big fan of the idea that you can get out in space, move around more, and have more challenges and opportunities to smash and dash when it comes to a potential scheme change for the Patriots as far as like maybe going to that more Shanahan-style approach. Uh, that it makes it that much more important to pay attention at all times. So your offensive line is engaged. Your offensive line is knocking some mofos down. They're happy. They're loving life. So I, I want to ask a quick question as we wrap up this second segment of the Six Rings pod and an extended Pat's Puri, which I've been calling for forever. I think Double Puri, baby. Why don't we just make the whole damn thing a Pat's Puri would be my Hey, why don't they build the whole thing out of Puri? Hey. Exactly. Uh, all the Puri you can handle. So... Fitzy, you, you, as you are wont to do, that's want with an O, you brought mm-hmm. up the most underrated Patriots player. Okay. I think that begs for the question, who's the most overrated Patriots player right now? Oh, that's easy. Okay. I knew, I'm not surprised wow. Shime has one wow. on the tip of his tongue. Chris Shime, the most overrated Patriot in the summer of 2022 is? After all the asinine comments I had to deal with today, it's Mac Jones. And it's not even <laughs> effing close. It is stupid. It is- You're producing this, but stop talking. No, I'm not going to. Because here's the thing. I was told today that he's a top 15 quarterback in football and then a top 10 quarterback in football. Top like, 10's ridiculous. Yeah, thank you. That's uh, even, I'll, even I'll say that 15 that's is where you start to consider talking about yeah, it. Yeah, where mm-hmm. you start to consider it. But He's not a he's not like a, a cut and dry top fifteen quarterback. No. And and Fitzy probably I think you have him over there at number twelve, right? Something like that. I say he's I know he's ranked eighteen or right in the just out of the top half in terms of twenty twenty two. No, no, no. Where's your ranking for him? I have him I have him finishing the season as a top twelve quarterback. So, right? Where do I have him? Fifteen. So it is without question the 14, most 15. overrated player on the team. Like if they I understand he had a Good rookie season. Yeah. But everybody's treating it like he was Justin Herbert in his rookie season. No. Can, I tell you, can I tell you who's he really the most overrated close. player on the Patriots? And Ooh, it's going ki- it. to pain me to say this. Go ahead. How do we feel about letting everybody know Matt Slater is past his play in prime? Wow. Oh, why are we, no. Matt, what is it? Why are you stomping first on a man's all, football grade? First of all, why are we doing a special teamer? Second of all, what, yeah, why are, you, why are you stomping on a Hall of Famer's grave? I'm just letting you know he's that like, I out. think Matthew Slater is an awesome football player, but he's probably past his playing Well, we know yeah, he's past Nobody outside of Foxborough cares about Matthew Slater. All right, Slater. but they spent actual money on like, him? A, a lot of money bringing him back, which means yeah, they yeah, bring a, a lot of it's on a Devin career, McCourty. They it's bring a him back. Like, yeah, exactly. They, I think Devin McCourty might be on the list of most I think overrated. Devin oh, McCourty's oh, a consideration because I believe oh. I heard somewhere this week he's still a top three safety. Are you ready for this? Tom Curran has him in his top three best players on the team. Yeah. Okay, well, then we're going to have to 
overextend this bit of Paris. All right, everybody shut up. The adults are talking. I think you could argue Devin McCourty's the third best safety. I'll let you yes, dip actually, for, on his best, own team. That's actually the fourth a, best safety. <laughs> that's yeah. actually a very fair point, Andy. I'll have you guys know. You ready for this? Touchdown Wire did their list, and we'll wrap up this part, part one of the double size Pat's potpourri with this one. The Touchdown Wire did their top 13 safeties in football, coming in at number three, the third best safety in the NFL, according oh, to the Touchdown oh, Wire blogs. Get ready, folks. Devin McCourty, New England Patriots. Who Stupidity. runs the this touchdown wire? That's all 32 of the NFL blogs. Uh, Patriots wire with our pal Henry McKenna and company. That's only oh, one. So the USA Today. Right? Yeah, so this is a USA Today. This was released July 5th at 6.01 a.m. Doug Farrar. They were so embarrassed that they did it the day after the 4th of July when everybody was like rolling on. They're like skipping. News dump. It. They news have dump. the top rated it's safety. News dump. It's a news dump. <laughs> now, who do you think is the top rated safety according to touchdown wire? Uh, Derwin James, Jordan Poyer, Buffalo Bills. Okay, okay, and fine. number two, Justin Simmons, Denver Broncos. So where's Derwin yep. James? I am currently endeavoring that. Four is Jimmy Ward in the Forty ers Five, Antoine Winfield Jr., Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sixth, Xavier McKinney. What? Previously of Alabama, now with the New York Football Giants. Seventh overall. Kevin Byard with the Tennessee Titans. I'm still waiting. Did they forget Derwin James? Eighth overall, Marcus Williams, Baltimore Ravens. Ninth, Quandre Diggs, Seattle Seahawks. Tenth overall, the Honey Badger, now playing with the New Orleans Saints. Eleventh overall, Minka Fitzpatrick with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just got a bag. Micah Hyde, Buffalo Bills, number 12, the number of the oppressor who tortured the Bills for years. And coming in 13th overall, Derwin James with your Los Diego Chargers. What are we doing? They have Devin McCourty. What are we doing? A full 10 spots ahead of Derwin James. Yes. Yes. I read that. That, that was actual, in that English. Is, and Fitzy read that verbatim. That's the dumbest list I've ever this heard. This is not Thank the you. onion. This is real. No, that's stupid. This is, it's this not is real. So, and this is what I'm realizing. Idiotic. I think people. Lists are stupid and people that put them together are even dumber. No, I like a I like a good list. No, I like lists too. But when they're put together by stupid people, you end it's up with a, a stupid list. list. Yes, I agree. <laughs> but I also think that right now, I think there's I like a lot the way of, you broke that down for everyone. Yeah, there's well no done. such thing as stupid lists. Just lists put together by stupid people. I don't want to use rose colored glasses, so I'll go with uh, like a, a a patriot red colored glasses. I think people even across the country still have patriot colored glasses on because they were scarred by the Patriots for twenty plus years mm-hmm. and just think that they're still like the best team in football and these guys are still going to be some of the best players in football. Well, I'm sorry, Devin McCourty, not a top three so safety. So let me ask, like something stupid, like were they considering leadership and off-field contributions? I don't think it like, matters. Well, oh, oh, no, no, no. If you're t- telling me that being a person matters, oh, it he might a be a person, top, sure. He might oh, be the number in one In terms safety. of humanity, yeah, interviews, the field, all of yeah, that, sure. Like, good dude, let me read. Like, let me, saving like, people from prison. These guys on the field are good. Like, okay, it's, like all go. these guys on the field are, are good leaders and good teammates for the most part. Not uh, all of them. Not all. But let me go, in, let me go into my um, CBS Sunday morning reading voice. There aren't many players in pro football history who have had Pro Bowl seasons at both corner and safety. Ronnie Lott, the most renowned exception. Who gives a rat's ass? This isn't a <laughs> Hall of Fame induction thing. I already fine. Who's the best in De- analysis? Hold on. Devin McCourty isn't the headbanger Ronnie Lott was, and he's not quite as a love of movable chess piece as Charles Woodson was later. His superpower is deep range coverage, and 2021 may have does. been his best season to date. He, got, he anybody, only allowed 12 catches on 24 targets. Taylor? Oh, there it is right there. They read some stats that said he was good. They PFF'd it. Is 159 yards, yeah, did they 63 take into yards account his run defense? He allowed no touchdowns, three picks, no. 
opponent passer okay, rating of thirty one point. Okay, they didn't watch. Yeah, just numbers. Like, yeah, it's it's just stupid. Okay, that's gonna wrap up this stupid <laughs> segment with one stupid <laughs> list on this stupid Six Rings podcast with stupid Andy Hart running the show for whatever reason. If you want to interact, as always, at Six Rings Pod on Twitter, Six Rings Pod at Gmail dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now we continue with a, as we have called it, an extended Pat's Pourri with Fitzy. All right, guys. Now, it seems like Shime is always up for A, a little stirring of the Pat's Pot, and some B, Mac Jones bashing. Definitely. You ask and you shall receive expatriate Jason McCourty. Who uh, yes, sort of this. like flew in the face of Even everything? Even he wouldn't rank DMac as a top three this safety is, no, no, no. in the NFL. Oh, did, you hear, no. did you hear McCourty's quote? Because I think that's what Fitzy's getting to. Jason McCourty had a quote yeah. about the Patriots yes. and Mac Jones. It's a good quote. That is yes. correct. Now this, this all comes off of RG three. Well, he also has a little bit of a cross to bear. He was not happy that he wasn't brought back last season, as many of us remember when there was a viral video of him screaming and hollering about how happy he was that. The Dolphins beat the Patriots in the season opener in 2021 inside the same stadium in which J-Mac won a Super Bowl. Last week, RG3 tweets out he thinks Mac Jones will be the first quarterback who's played serious time from 2021 to win a Super Bowl. All right, here's Jason McCourty from Good Morning Football talking about Mac Jones and potential struggles in 2022. Inside the building, it'll probably feel as though like nobody's talking about it. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. We're just rolling. You'll never hear anybody say anything in the media. But if you're a young quarterback, you're Mac Jones, you're only in your second year. Year one, you have Josh McDaniel, a guy who's been a head coach, offensive coordinator for a long time in this league. Now you come back in year two, who's the guy you go to to say, hey, I want to run these plays this week. Hey, this makes sense you to know. me. How do you take that next step and become a leader? It's definitely going to be a big thing. Man. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's going to be a big deal. J-Mac. So the question goes out to you, gentlemen. J-Mac, still with a cross or a grudge to bear against the Patriots for leaving him off the 2021 roster, separating him from his brother, or is he just spitting straight truth? He's a truth speaker. Yeah, I think it's he realistic. He has some intellectual honesty. Like, he can look at a situation, the facts of the situation, and decide for himself as a human being, not a puppet for the Patriots or a Kool-Aid-sipping suck-ass. Like, that's all he's doing. He's being did honest. Did you just say Kool-Aid-sipping suck-ass? Yes. yes, he did. And good job by you. It's true, though. I, I, it's, I don't understand how people haven't seen this. We've been... We've been yelling it from the mountaintops for weeks, and then a former Patriots player finally comes out and says it, and you go, oh, okay, I guess that does make a little sense. Like, it's not to Mac, it's not bashing Mac Jones no. to suggest that he might have not, a, not as good of a season as people hope because of his offensive coordinators. It's not his fault. Like, he's being put in a, sh- a crappy situation Easy. by, I know, by Bill Belichick. It's not Mac Jones' fault. And I've actually argued it It puts him in a in a sort of fortuitous situation where yeah, he can't more lose. Leeway. It's a no-lose situation. It's a no-lose. Yeah. Yeah. If his year-two jump is a year-two flatline or even a mild regression, people are going to be like, well, like, did you see what the Raiders are doing? That's where his offensive mind went to. They didn't overload him with talent. Yep. They didn't overload him with coaching help and a scheme that was – so 
like what he was swimming upstream without a paddle. Exactly. Well, I, I so now this and the leads RG3 me to like, thing is ridiculous. Why is the RG? Th- well, first of all, obviously he's trying to so make a little RG- wave, make some waves, make some noise because okay. uh, the rumor is he's going to replace Randy Moss on ESPN's Monday Night Football yes. coverage, which is a big deal now that you got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman coming back. But do you not think of all those quarterbacks, just of the 2021 quarterbacks, Andy, the 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 top six, if you will, that's including Davis Mills, aka Mechanek, in the second round. If you go through those six quarterbacks, you don't think that Mac Jones is most likely to win a Super Bowl? No, first? not that aspect of it. I'm fine with that. I think that's a total crapshoot. Who knows, right? At this point, literally, who knows? So you can say that. You could say that about any of the five guys, quite frankly, if you wanted to. I think you could make an argument. Mm-hmm. My point with the RG3 thing was the rest of what he's been saying lately, which was in Mike Reese's column over the weekend, the coaching setup will have a massive impact on Mac Jones in a good way. Mac has already spoken how it's a collaborative process and the coaches and players talking in meetings, installing the offense. I believe it will lead to more ownership from him about what is being called and how he sees the game. This to me, and I'll be writing about this, I think, for the website tomorrow, is the ultimate old school, hard ass, hard version of you teach a kid to swim by driving the boat out into the ocean, take his life jacket off, throw him over and pull away. Yeah, a few might swim. There's going to be a lot of dead kids along yeah, the no way. Kidding. Or take, whoa, teach him to ski whoa. by going to the top of the mountain and push his ass down. Or you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. There's a million cliches we can throw in. Yep. I love hardo cliches. You know I live off them. Don't tell yes. me how rough the water you is. You're the best hardo I know. That whole thing. Are we taking a hardo mentality that if Max really is good as we think he is, he don't need no stinking coaching? No, is that's that the mentality not, we're taking? RG3 is a boob. Well, so I. RG3's comments about him being the first to win a it's Super fine. Bowl. It's fine. I'm like, fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I He's don't with hate a that. stable organization. Exactly. I don't it's, know. It's, it, honestly, if you're looking at it objectively, it's either Mac or Trey Lance because those are the two best teams. And he's already proven he's an NFL quarterback. Trey yes. Lance hasn't. Exactly. So yes. And so if you're that's why pick, I don't think it's a crazy. That is not crazy. It's but not a crazy take. It's a it's a positive thing the way the coaching it's staff definitely is set not. up. It's that's absolutely asinine. not. That yeah, is, he should have just left it at the tweet. He should have just left it at the tweet. Yes. Trying to spin that into a positive. Is Even a fitzy I, thing, yeah. Mr. Foxborough fanboy, Mr. Patriots positive, am trying to divine, if not glean, whatever sort of little positives or growth elements can be taken from this. But it is far from an optimal situation heading into Camp 2022. And also, remember, this is a guy that, A, knows nothing about winning in the National Football League. He you had know, a he, great he rookie year, one year, and he got hurt. And then all the stories that came out later about how he wasn't allowed to be coached hard and you weren't supposed to criticize RG3. Like, yeah, I can tell. And if he's going to be a supposed rising analyst in the football world, I want nothing of the – this is – this is embarrassing. This I don't, is dumb. I want objectivity. I want someone who's willing to go on a national stage, be critical, say what is ri- not, oh, it's the Patriots, so this is actually a good thing for Mac Jones. It's better to have worse coaching. You know until what I'm saying? They reestablish, <laughs> until they reestablish that they're, quote, the Patriots of the past 20 years, they'll still be a respected, feared, and vaunted franchise, but they are not what they was. Speaking of not what they was, just want to get a zip take from you guys. How ridiculous is it that Heinz Field, the city where Heinz 57, the greatest ketchup, the greatest condiment, the greatest topping in the world, Heinz Field no more. It is now Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh. So I have two thoughts in my zip take here. One, uh, I don't blame Hi- or I don't blame the Steelers because 
at least originally, because Hines decided not to do this. They didn't want to re-up. Right. So I don't blame the Steelers for that. I do blame the Steelers for the shitty name they gave whoa, it to him whoa, afterward. Whoa, yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't no, do it Andy, earlier, but I had Andy, to. It is not it? just it, Andy. Accra-shore, Accra-shore. It's not Andy. Accra-shore. It's not shitty. It's super shitty. Yeah, it is. See, what I was it's rooting for, awful. you know I love sort of like uh, stories and antagonistic yep. lines of thought. Nope. Sounds what if Hunts av- came in and said, I will give you $50 million a year or $100 yeah. million a year to name it Hunts Field would be awesome. I, I would be. I, and honestly, you could keep it the ketchup been, bottle. It, it could have been organic tomato ketchup by, brought to you by Target, by Greater Good Brand. Honestly, owned by it Target should be Field. Chick-fil-A Fine. sauce stadium. That would yeah. be better. Or just how about Steeler Field, uh, like Acrisure Field at Steeler Stadium or something. Like, you have to put, or just like Terrible Towel, uh, some, just... Something Acrisure Stadium is just so bland, so vanilla, so non-geographical, so awful. I don't even know what the hell Acrisure is. It, you know what it like, probably is? Just like SBLI oh, so or like dumb. Any what are of we the doing? Insurance, uh, yeah, it's an insurance agencies that proliferate throughout. Now I don't blame the steel. Like somebody hands you a check, you cash like, the check. Amica. Yeah, no, I get it. That's why I said like I don't really we don't blame need any shots at Amica. But this great new, insurance company. This new Actually, name stinks. Name after insurance. The like, best insurance company. They may be my insurance company. All right, Andy. Uh, but uh, this new name stinks. You're not I hate a free it to roof out of this, Andy. <laughs> I got a free car out of it from them at one point. So, um, yeah, that, yeah, that it, just struck me as. But a, the whole uh, naming thing, odd. yeah. It well, is then what again, it is. I, that is only the second worst name because well, isn't the new L.A. basketball stadium Crypto dot com Arena? That, that's the yeah, worst. I mean, there's it's a lot crypto of Crypto dot not for long stadium, <laughs> and it's gotten to the point where we don't even know them. It's like around here where you're like. It's down at the. Uh, It'll always be Heinz. What is it? The Tweeter Center or whatever. Like it's changed yeah. seven times since or, then. It, used, or, it was. Ex, it was. Uh, it was Great the Woods Trust Pavilion. Then, yeah. The Tweeter Center. Exactly. The Rockland Bank Trust. Uh, now They're it's all like the Center. Yeah. I still call I it Pack Bell. You know what? Like, I still call it Shea, and we should just leave it at that. Two so. more quick topics, guys, to wrap up this extended, supersized edition of Pat's Perry here on the Six Rings Pod. All right, let's stay. Okay, we'll stay football on the field, then we'll go football off the field to wrap it up. The Baker-Mayfield trade seemed to kind of go under the radar a little bit last week because it took place just after the 4th of July when, as we have freely admitted here at WEI and, of course, uh, WEI.com, the majority of everybody was on vacation last week, uh, as was the case with a lot of other sports reporting outlets. Baker-Mayfield getting mostly paid by the Browns to go away and try to restart his career on his fifth-year option against another go-ahead, go-away, we'll-pay-you-to-play-elsewhere fifth-year option guy in Sammy Squarejaw, the Lego quarterback. So it's Mayfield versus Darnold at the consignment shop of quarterbacks that is Carolina with Matt Rule coaching for his life this year. What a sad turn of events it is for both of those once-promising quarterbacks. Who do we think ends up the starter, and why have you not already said Matt Corral? Well, I'm rooting for Matt Corral. I, I want yeah. this to blow up in their face and have two first-round rook, uh, rookie contract quarterbacks and have Matt Corral come in in the third quarter of every preseason game and throw, like, 12 light of 12 it. and, like, yeah. he's running like all Russell over the Like Russell Wilson in 2012, just light 100%. it up. 100%. Well, and, it's, and, and it's already blown up in Cleveland's face because there's a good chance that week one they're paying $50 million to two different quarterbacks, neither of which are going to be starting the game for them. Instead, they'll be starting Jacoby Brissett. Just so Jacoby Brissett can go 14 for 27, 158 (laughs) yards and an interception. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this is is that world of you don't have a quarterback. 
Like both of these yeah. franchises that living that weird world. Such a disgusting and zone to be in. The 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 Browns in one sense live the world where you get into that fifth year option. Is he good enough? Do I give it to him? Am I signing this guy? Like that whole world because Baker Mayfield hasn't been without success in the NFL. Yep. The end of his rookie season was as good as anybody's. Basically. Dude, he was so good when he came in in relief in that Thursday night game. Granted, it was against the Jets, but that was kind of an electric moment in a very entertaining 2018 football season. He gave Cleveland hope, promise, potential. Like, he made them they believe land again. He even game. brought him to the playoffs oh, yeah. two years ago. No, and now he, the guy's toast. He's not without success in his Cleveland tenure, but he's one of those tweener quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, we may be talking about that with Mac Jones in a couple of years. We'll see where this evolution goes. This is sort of a cautionary tale, right? Cautionary tale for both teams because they picked up Darnold's option when they made oh. the trade. When you get in that weird world of not having a guy and you're mm-hmm. scrambling to find the guy for now, for the right now kind of guy, this is that. And, again, Corral as a mid-round pick, who knows? That could be a total bust, yep. or it could be, wow, this Better guy, than both he's a combined. scintillating player. Like He plays an exciting style of modern football, yep. and he could make the transition from those beautiful light blue Ole Miss jerseys oh, to those. those really likable light teal or whatever Carolina's teal jerseys. Oh, hey, they, you so. want to talk about a team that needs an, a uniform rebrand? Those are stale-ass unis. Oh, I like the Panthers. I couldn't disagree more. Yeah. Oh, the, Panthers the Panthers uniforms unis. are stale The black ass. and light blue for me is yeah. mm, chef's oh, kiss. Muy bien, are you? Oh, and by the way, did you guys see those little pos- the possible leak of the Patriots introducing some further uniform alterations or iterations this year? Maybe working the gray pants in uh, both at home and on the road. What do we think about that? Yeah, I don't care. Just yeah, give, don't me, really care. give me, give me the classic red jerseys, and that's all I care. And when the wrinkle oh, is get like them a couple gray of, slash silver, who gives a rat's ass? You will get them. A, the one thing I can confirm is you will get them a couple of times this season for sure. Last but not least, here on the extended Pat's Paris. On the Six Rings pod, we have to address it, the Zach Wilson Cougar Hunter story. Andy, did you make yourself aware of this story? And can you believe the way that the Internet has gone from loving busting on Zach Williams because he plays for the Jets and had an underwhelming rookie season to now fan favorite quarterback of the Barstool and Bro Nation? So I have a question to ask because I sort of I know the story, but do we have photos uh, so there is, I saw a photo this group morning. group shots, right, Shime? Yeah, so I saw a photo this morning of Zach Wilson's mom and her friends. Can you pull it up for me? Uh, I can try the and photo, find it. The photo, I mean. The photo, yeah. jeez. But we don't, know, we don't know which one it is. But I will be able to ascertain as to whether any woman in the photo is worthy of making a horrendous decision for. <laughs> I can make that. Like, I can't believe she went, like, full The Graduate with Zach Wilson. And also, like, that's... That's your Biff's son. What are you doing? So I don't here's care. the picture, Andy. Here we go. Take a look, Andy. What do you think? I think I, I I think I identified two possible suspects, but I wasn't I couldn't confirm nor I The I answer can't. is no. None of these women is worthy of making a hellacious decision. And this is a guy who is the CEO, we call it the CEO of a franchise, right? Your franchise mm-hmm. QB. There is no woman in there worthy of throwing everything down the crapper and not to forget the personal stuff where you're throwing a whole crap load of drama into your personal life yeah so i mean i so here's the thing if he wasn't dating a girl already i'm fine with him hooking up with a mom who cares his I mother's I, I give zero friend, i give zero f's about that well people are pulling the whole a terrible like, decision what a stud man it's like american it's, pie well, he's not that life. much of a stud 20, based on the women in that photo 25 years you difference. could get him 
25 year difference. Wow. Like I, I, I see, I, I happen to see that every once in a while. Like it's, I get it. Like it's whatever. I don't care. But the fact that it's, you know, he's just throwing a grenade into between his personal life and then all that. Professionally, like it's a bad decision making. And I do understand Tom Brady had the Tara Reed era, so it's not yep. like you'll never bounce back. Maybe he learns from this. Maybe this, you know, she scared poisoned straight. him for a whole season. He was, I mean, he threw the most touchdowns, but there were a ton of picks. They missed the playoffs. I still blame her for that. She was dancing on tables at Gillette, drunk with her fake bad boob job hanging oh. out, and all of that. She might not have. Sharknado was a better decision than ruining the 2002 but, Patriots. This is a. I mean, they use the the red flag term. For yeah. drafts, this is a red flag for your franchise quarterback. Just for the character issue. Yeah. Okay, we can all agree on that. Yes, Poor decision making, especially yeah. once you see the photo. Yeah, like if if he was if he was uh, a twenty two year old rookie or whatever, and he was single and living his life, and it came out a story he hooked up with his friend, like his mom's friend or his friend's mom, whatever. I don't care. Whatever. Like if it was like Braxton Berrios two years ago, nobody would have cared. But when it's your franchise quarterback and it gets this much press in advance of his second season, which is massive for like, him given what they've surrounded him with, hell yeah, it's a like big deal. I've heard a story about Odell likes to get crapped on for sex. Like it, it, allegedly. Well, allegedly, like, thank like, you. So, but so, so I did mean, that so, short. Uh, so that's not a, like uh, there's re- yeah, ever, all these guys are going to have Rachel those Ray kind of red was flags. involved in that stuff too. What? Might have been what? her husband. One of them. Either Rachel Ray did it or Rachel Ray's husband liked it. I okay, forget. either way. All um, right, allegedly... that'll do for this edition of... <laughs> but wait a minute. There's also a difference for me between the wide receiver. I have, like, more uh, leeway for the wide receiver. The quarterback is the closest thing... So what? He hooked Hell, up with RG... a 47-year-old woman. Is Who that cares? a good decision? Like, as you're evaluating, you're processing anything. Is that a good decision? Your mother's best friend, is that a good decision? Who cares? She's just hooking up with a 47-year-old woman. I'm asking you about is that a good decision? Uh, it's probably not the best, but okay, I, I don't think you. it matters. I, I bet I it's, it's going to get it's not going to get like it's not going to get an attaboy from the organization. I'm sure someone's going to come along. Risk reward. Quarterback Chad is all Ocho. about risk DK reward. DK Metcalf tweeting about how he's the goat alongside Chad Ochocinco. So the guys in the locker room freaking love it. Is he a quarterback? No, 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 I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's it's like it would be okay if DK did. It. I'm just saying DK's like the, like like yes, that kid is the goat because like. But there's I'm one thing to joke about it room. as a as like a player. Joke about it as a media member. If you're say you're the owner, you're it doesn't Woody impact Johnson. the locker room though. Who cares? No, no, no. Decision making matters. That's my whole yeah. point. Quarterback is all about making decisions. That's literally the position. Whether it's on the field, how you treat players, yeah, how is, you answer questions. This decision questions. is not a big enough red flag for me by any means. Uh, it's a major red flag for me. Yeah, I'm going to actually come down on the side of Andy on this one. And this is a guy who's basically a Jets fan after the draft. Fitzy right. has basically been a Jets fan since April. <laughs> that, this, that, it's that kind of slander that will get you sued in this lifetime and on this podcast. So I'd watch where, you, where you're speaking. Plus, we got to wrap lightly, this up. Sir. i got a radio show to do. All right, go do your thing. Peace out, bitches. Are you closing it or am I? This has been another exciting, (laughs) scintillating edition of the Six Rings Podcast. He's Chris Scheim. He hates Mac Jones, called him the most overrated player in the Patriots. He's Nick Fitzy Stevens. He's trying to stay positive, but even he had some negativity when we talked about the cornerback position. And I'm Andy Hart. I'm just trying to find my way in this world after two weeks of too much Miller Lite, too much sun, and too much food. We will be back later in the week with the final positional wrap-up. We'll look at the linebacker position, and then we will have more Pat's Paris. Because let's be honest, if Mr. No Days Off is taking days off right now, we are in the slow period of the NFL, but we're turning the corner towards training camp in just a couple weeks. That's another six rings in the books. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.